0: Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry
1: perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider podcast, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. And we're going to dive into that uh, in just a second. But first, we want to talk about TechWeld, okay? TechWeld uh, is USA-made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas production and products. Uh, so Tech Weld offers many USA made products to help separate themselves from the promotional product pack. Uh, let's talk hand sanitizers. Uh, that seems to come up quite a bit on this show. So obviously due to coronavirus uh, and, and the COVID-19 outbreak, this is something that's trending worldwide. Obviously CDC has recommendations for, for sanitizer and hand washing uh, to help prevent the spread of the disease. Uh, and, and they have many hand sanitizer SKUs that can help combat the spread of the virus. Uh, They've got a lot of FDA compliance as well. Uh, They're FDA compliant on on their products in a time of uncertainty knowledge that uh, the product is FDA compliant is key in allowing customers to feel at ease when placing their orders. So be sure to visit them at techwell.com for more information. You won't be sorry that you did for sure, 100%. So ultimately, uh, I am Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA. I'm joined today by three other awesome folks, uh, our favorite Meg Erber from SNS and Activewear. How are you, Meg? I'm great.
3: How are you guys?
2: We're hanging in there. Yeah,
3: it's be- awesome. For a bunch of first day of schools. Yep. is it yeah
2: wow well depending on where you're at in the country some schools yeah, may actually
3: yeah yeah i guess yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
2: <laughs> uh well, steven mcfadden perfect promotions and
1: more how are you doing well we're actually in day 16 of school here oh. so we've been we've been rocking and rolling with online
3: <laughs> you guys know i'm online oh huh?
1: online uh, yeah. yeah how old are your kids steven uh seven and two
2: seven and so two. so we have a seven year old okay so I was gonna say, like, I, I wasn't exactly sure how old how old she was. And I was like, man, could you imagine this being like your first year, like kindergarten, and having to do yeah. online schooling? Like we talk about the seniors, like at the end of the year graduating. Like, could you imagine your first year of school being home learning like that? No, really mm-hmm. rough too.
1: Yeah, second half of uh, kindergarten was online, and so she kind of had the the swing of things. But now, still online. So, <laughs> so. wow.
2: Well, uh, if you're watching and joining us live, we're also joined today by John Norris. John Norris is with Starline, but also uh, founder, co-founder. What what exactly is your title with uh, Promo Standards?
0: Co-founder and chair of the board,
2: I guess. Boss man? Boss man, yes. There we go. We'll rock with that. There we go. Uh, So, John, um, you know, for anybody that's listening that isn't aware of who you are or your record in the industry uh, and history, uh, I know it's pretty extensive. And uh, so would like to just give you an open platform here, about three or four minutes to just sort of uh, give us some background on yourself and, uh, you know, your, your history with the promo industry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And now before we get started, I was trying to like squeeze in 12 Americas. If you were uh, doing that invigorating ad read on TechWeld but it, there was no like pause. You were just like a robot ripping through that thing. I really, I figured it would just help out the ad read, but um, I'll, <laughs> I'll slide some in as we go.
2: There's, so, some, there's <laughs> some history with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. We got it out there. And I'll give a shout out to them too. I wrote down, I, I had this notebook where I write down a bunch of like weird things. So all I wrote down was FDA. So we're good. Um, so I'm John Norris. <laughs> um, I'm the vice president of operations at Starline. Um, and I'm also the chair of the Promo Standards Board, one of the co-founders probably about six years ago. There's about 10 of us that started that. Um, industry-wise, I guess I've been in the industry since 2005. I got involved right out of college. Um, I was um, an engineer as by training, so I'm a bit of a nerd on that side. Uh, I really started out doing uh, kind of data analysis and uh, production methods at Starline. I uh, realized that to do a lot of that stuff, you really need to know know about the tech, right? So I kind of got involved, went back to school, got a master's somewhere along the way at night, um, and then kind of kind of moved up, took over some of the technology aspects of Starline, now kind of transitioned more into kind of a hybrid tech and operations to kind of make the two of those work well together. But um, yeah, so I oversee IT, uh, customer service, production, warehousing, um, our graphics department, stuff like that, Starline. So that's Starline side. Um, kind of also came up through the PPI ranks of the, you know, Dale Denim and I kind of co-founded the Tech Summit, which is a event that PPI does. That was probably about six, seven years ago.
2: Coming um, up this month, right? Couple yeah, months. so there's
0: actually a virtual Tech Summit that is in two weeks, three weeks. Um, so that it actually, you know, they've... It's an online event stretched out over five days. Uh, Definitely check it out. It's not that much. And you get a credit for the future tech summits. So um, I'm going to actually do a few sessions there. Um, It's pretty cool lineup of industry people. So hit that up if you haven't. What else? All right. Promo standards. Uh, So now I am currently involved with Promo standards Been the chair of the board for two official years. Um, It's we have a big you know push going right now for membership uh trying to drive adoption but uh, I guess we can get into that whenever you guys are ready but you know promo standards for those of you who don't know is a open stand open standard really that uh is allowing our entire supply chain to communicate seamlessly right so it's it's not a, a site it's not what EPSA was trying to be years ago um it's a really industry-wide collaboration effort and we're it's actually an official not-for-profit so we're a 501c6 we have a board bylaws budget all that fun stuff and then as of about three four months ago we have official members so um a lot's happening with promo standards right now so it's good very cool did i use my three minutes did i go over sorry
2: uh no i think (laughs) i think you're good you're right at the right at the four minute mark all right good (laughs) we'll call it that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. i know i have problems shutting up so
3: we'll no, no you're fine no you're fine so
2: yeah that's no, um, good so yeah the topic for today is promo standards obviously uh we need to talk promo standards so if you're not familiar and you're listening we actually uh, at, at industry insider did a, a podcast about promo standards uh probably i don't know maybe a year ago it's been a while mm-hmm. uh but you know we hey look we're all
3: wrong everything we, we yeah, said you missed it was a big miss
2: we say we're the industry insiders, but you know, look, we're really just three people giving our our perspective on things. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I think something is promoted standards and as and as, as uh I guess technically or technical as it can be. Uh, I think there's a lot of folks out there that really just don't understand hundred percent what it is. So first of all, I'll apologize and I'll fall on the sword. Like anything that was that was missing. Uh, You know, it definitely was not uh, intended that way. But we're, we're, uh, we're here to sort of clear that air, first of all, but then we really want to just dive into promo standards. We're really glad that you were able to join us today to sort of dive into that and talk promo standards and really get the info out to folks.
1: Well, yeah. we jumped right on that too, you know, waited only about a year to... Yeah, to you guys are a
2: quick recovery, right? Well,
0: <laughs>
1: well I and I'm listen, like... Listen,
2: I, kind of I, an I, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I, I'm pretty sure Meg sent you an email like a week after that show and it took funny <laughs> a year to reply to me. I, I had this actual truth. I was like,
0: oh man, I was like, I remember Meg messaged me on Facebook like seven months ago. Now's a good time to respond. Fair
3: enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it happens.
1: So maybe I, I'm just thinking the best place to start would probably be like, what is it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> what is it? Okay.
0: Okay. Let's, Uh. I don't have a, a whiteboard here and upstairs where I could just like draw pretty little pictures, but pretty much what it is. It's a set of standards, right? Basically at the core, it's a document, a few you know pieces of technical code that allow let's, let's just do a simple, uh, Thing right now so you are obviously a Facillus member so Facillus is one of the founders of promo standards so Starline host um, me at Starline I, I host a whole set of endpoints That's what they're called but well basically I'm hosting following the standard promo standards uh, a link on my website URL that Facillus automatically calls. So every hour, Facilis goes out and reaches out to Starline and says, give me the order status updates for all of these orders that have been placed today in our system. And I feed that information back to them in a standardized way, the same way, the same exact way they would call and get it from HIT, from PCNA, from SNS, from all these guys. They get the exact same response. So that way they know that if, if I integrate using one standard, I can connect out to my entire supplier base and then get back the pieces that I need. So there is a go away um right now there are about 150 different suppliers who are involved in promo standards so meaning that i have an endpoint for order status order shipment notifications inventory product data product pricing uh, all my images my media my invoices my pos so i have about nine different endpoints where if you as a distributor or a facilities member want to get my invoicing data you use your credentials Automatically behind the scenes, your system talks to my system, pulls it back in a standardized way. Basically, that's what it is. Now, there's a lot more details that, that fold it together, but it's not a website. It's not a UI that somebody does. It's pretty much a way for your developers to communicate and your site to communicate with my structured data and know what you're going to get back in response. So that's the nuts and bolts. That's
3: our podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go. We're replicating. Right All right, cool
3: standard way to do things like hey this is how all your po's have to be yes
0: that's- but there is flexibility right so obviously when we crafted this we you know Sam Mars involved there's uh halo Facilla, staples a lot of the large suppliers pcna hit we kind of collectively saw what the failures of the past were and tried to create a standard that's flexible enough so for a PO, like you know we know that decorators and apparel people do things slightly different than hard good suppliers so we tried to mold all that and create one set of standards that acknowledge those things so like the first time we didn't have a, an apparel supplier involved and we missed the concept of multiple inventory multiple warehouses for inventory so we went back and added that in as a second round so now our inventory feed pulls Um, You know, location by exact warehouse, by SKU, obviously all the way down to the nitty gritty and allows people to tie into specific FOB points and warehouse locations. So, you know, it's there's a lot going on to it. But at the end of the day, we have really completed the full lifecycle of an order from purchases to inventory to product data to invoices. And then we're getting after it.
2: I feel like Promo Standards had a huge footprint at PPAI Expo this year, uh, probably bigger than I've ever seen it before. Um, and, and I think there's a, a you know something to be said with that. Obviously, Promo Standards is growing hugely with the people that are that are getting involved with the different various endpoints and, and all that good stuff. So um, I, I, I'm sure you could – actually, I'll, I'll pose this as a question. Do you think there's a point in time – uh, where the promo industry is basically 90 to to 100% all promo standards? Like where, you know, basically suppliers and distributors aren't working with each other unless you're part of promo standards? Um, 90% is way too big, right? Um, if we get to half, I'll tell you, half of my
0: business at Starline last month was conducted with distributors who are integrated in promo standards. So now I'm, I'm a bit of an outlier, but there are 40 suppliers that are larger than Starline. So it's it's not something that you don't have to be a Sandmar, an SNS, or an Alpha Broader to do this. All right, that's the key. So will there become a point? What what is really doing, we're reducing the transactional cost of the order. Right. This isn't about you know trying to, you know, take our jobs and, and replace people. We're trying to the game shouldn't be trying to get this uniball pin to be three cents cheaper, right? It's trying to get that transactional process of the back and forth of the order, cut down from, if it's at $10 a day, cut it to $5. We need more automation to be able to, I guess, thrive and survive as an industry. And it can't come on the back of India, right? I mean, this industry for 10 years from 2000 to 2010 was like, all right, we, we can't figure out automation. So let's just outsource the whole thing. So now what you're seeing is suppliers bringing that back from pro, using promo standards, right? It's, it's a quicker, more real-time, cost-effective way to communicate across your supply chain,
1: so. so I, I'm just curious, you know, when, when this obviously was created, there was a, a problem we were trying to solve, right? Which was just the inconsistency of, of data, I would assume. Yep. Is, is that, do you still see the mission of promo standards? Is that the biggest problem in the industry that promo standards yes. can rectify?
0: Um, Promotion is just trying to rectify. Uh, honestly, we have realized that our attempts, we created a standard for product data that is all encompassing for the industry. Now, what has happened is 115 suppliers have tried to ram their crappy data from the last 20 years <laughs> into this format. So literally people are, let's say your product description, you know, those things that you have bullet points on your website. So somebody well, years ago, puke some HTML in there to maybe make a, a bullet point bold, so now they're just taking that HTML crud and jamming it into promo standards and people consuming it are, be, are trying to be like, why is this garbage still in my data? So if your data sucked before promo standards, it's still going to suck, but promo standards has the structure to where if you can fit your data into there accurately, it works. But we've realized that some of players are doing these wonky practices so we actually uh, michael conway who's at asi now used to be at pcna he has spun up a best practices committee with in promo standards and they're really tasked with trying to communicate out to the community like the best way to implement promo standards because you know you can't just map data fields and hope for the best you need to really sit down and look at your data figure out the gaps what you can and can't do but um, you know for example ASI has been pulling our promo sandwich product data for two years and populating all of ESP right so it works and they're doing it with a, a number of, of suppliers so if your data sucked before it's still gonna suck but there's a pathway to get it to not
2: suck so
0: there we
2: go so I think that that sort of opens things up to ask a question about you know um, I think there's probably a right way and not necessarily a right way to, to do it. Maybe. Um, yes. Obviously we don't all have Eric. You said Sh- Schoenberger. Yeah.
0: Eric Schoenberger, hey. yeah so nice, if we don't man.
2: have, if, if, if we don't have Eric Schoenberger on the uh, you know, on the IT side of our industry uh, or not our industry, but our, our particular companies uh, whether you're supplier or distributor, what, obviously if you're not working with your own software or IT, um, then you have to sort of outsource those endpoints to sort of a middleman, right? Yep. Are, are you seeing that there are certain people or partners that are integrating better, that are, that's working out better for suppliers and/or distributors? Because I know that you know it can be costly to, yeah. to have that middleman uh, or that bridge, but at the same time, like if it goes wrong and it's costly, it's it could be really bad.
0: Yeah. So it really that's a bit of an interesting question because it comes down to what system you're using right there are people in the industry who have kind of centralized themselves around certain technologies so like there's that whole net suite push that's going on in the industry a lot of your mid to large tier distributors and suppliers are going on the net suite so there's a guy sam horstein right yeah he runs extend tech he came from jetline prime all that stuff but now he's spun off his own company that ex- exclusively does net suite stuff but he also has net suite promo standards pieces so is it Oh, you know, your boy, Sam, you used to work with him. Oh, yeah. Them. yeah. Oh, yeah. What,
3: a, what a smart guy.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. So, Sam's guy's own uh, his gig. So, it really depends on what system you're using. Now, there are people, service providers in the industry are really jumping on board, right? So, I mentioned Facilis earlier. Uh, Performa has been a huge uh, contributor to promo standards lately. Obviously, the common skew. Um, so, the service providers themselves, you know, are really trying to rally around it. And then, you know, you were talking to somebody about Essent. Essence also providing these services. So it's really just trying to, you know, find the right person for the technology you're using. There are, but I mean the list of service providers who are integrating promo standards on behalf of people, it keeps growing. It's probably 15 to 20 right now that are like main players in this industry. But, You know, I would say if they're a large tech player on the service provider side, they are either doing promo standards like very heavily or have plans to, you know, integrate it into their their suite of offerings.
1: Sure. So I would imagine the biggest gap to get to a 90% mark that Jeff mentioned before would be just the people not using a a system that can, you know, either has it or can implement it because they don't have their own IT. It Would you say that's probably the biggest gap for... Yeah, I guess,
0: you know, big picture, if you're not using some sort of system um, or not integrating promo standards is probably the, the least of your worries. There's a lot bigger, <laughs> a lot bigger things that are going to come come sweeping down your way. But, you know, I think what we've seen is, yes, there is probably a tier of 200 suppliers-ish, maybe 150 that can really do this themselves. And the rest are really going to use the service providers. Um, same with thing with distributors. I think I just wrote this down Um I have credentials outstanding for over 800 distributors. Right, this isn't a supplier-only game. This is reaching, you know, tons and tons of distribu- uh distributors. And then last every day, I transact data with 350 unique distributor accounts using promo standards. Right, these are these are real things. This isn't just like, you know, this isn't PCNA and Hit transacting business with Staples and Geiger and Halo. Like this is a wide-open thing that has wide adoption. And that's what you know. Our big mission is pushing adoption for that supply chain. Uh, efficiency. You know, uh, it's, you know, we we have this concept of membership membership right now with Promo Standards and that's really just to be able to funnel our adoption and make sure that as a, you know, the IP of Promo Standards is now owned by the organization or just, it's a, it's a fine line and it's not just for the big guy. I mean, you know, ASI being big behind it, CommonSkew, Facilis, Performa, these guys who have huge reaches into the smaller and mid-sized distributor markets are really getting behind it. So it's it's not just a top 20 supplier distributor game.
3: Okay. So John, with that being said, then what's the catch? What, what is keeping everybody from being on this? Why? I mean, it sounds like this would be like, it's not rocket science. It sounds it's like not, be, it's not right.
0: It's not rocket computer science. science. It's <laughs> having your, it's really two things. A, having your company ownership buy into it and realize that, you know, that you really need to do this, it's an organizational buy-in. Uh, some people just have crappy data or they don't have their data or they farm their data out to India 20 years ago and they have no clue how it works. Um, it's not a priority to some smaller companies who really don't see that ROI. Like obviously there's a bigger ROI a ROI on a higher transactional Distributor or supplier, right? I mean, SNS was an early adapter to promo standards, and you know, with your order transaction volume, that makes sense. Um, but even to the small distributor or supplier, there is ROI there. Like, just go out and slap up an order status uh, integration, and that's going to reduce the number of phone calls coming into your call center, and the number of in mistakes, uh, back and forth.
3: One hundred percent. it's really
0: it's yeah, it, it's just getting. The ROI is there. It's just you have to have. There's so many things going on right now. The Rona kind of threw a big old brick at everybody. Uh, you know, everybody's trying to bounce back from that. But you know, it's just getting your ownership and your leadership of your company to see the value in getting your game together in terms of technology integrations.
2: I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I know that was the question I wanted to ask too. With you know, because obviously having special guests on the show, like coronavirus, has been at the sort of forefront of all of our conversations to some extent. So I wanted to ask you know, has coronavirus or how has coronavirus sort of affected promo standards and, and people's ability to jump on board? Because I, I did a couple of the the, the promo standards one one type of classes oh. that you guys did at, uh, at Expo. And, you know, you guys had, you know, a projected growth chart that just showing incredible growth, like exponential growth, uh, yeah. which is phenomenal. And I, I think most people do see uh, the advantages of jumping on board with promo standards, but has this year sort of thrown a wrench into those, um, those projections at all? And how do you, yeah, how do so you...
0: it's, it's thrown a wrench probably into the organizational aspects of promo standards. So we had this budget that was based around travel in person meetings, trying to you know, gather our committees together, our standards committee, our technologists and have them meet multiple times throughout the year. And the organization was actually going to fund those and make, because that's where we get that collaborative environment that drives forward our technology. So they obviously, tapped the brakes on that. But we saw when you know shit hit the fan in March, you know people didn't stop working on integrations. So the companies that had the technology, obviously, people dialed back. But it seemed like there was a you know some of the uh, some distributor suppliers went into like hunker down to survive mode. But then others used that opportunity to to get involved in integrations because those are those cost saving those cost saving projects that really pay dividends in the future. Now, obviously, you know they things quieted down and I'd say probably about June, uh, the integration world kind of woke back up. And now you know, we've been seeing you know, we're, we're, right now we're talking with you know PSDA, the print side of the world and trying to figure out how we can integrate print and promo through promo standards and see if they work together. So it's alive and well now, it took a big hit, but there was uh, oddly some small nimble companies that really use the, the Rona to double down on integration technology.
3: That's awesome. What about decorators? Are you have decorators involved in this at
0: all? Or yeah, that's that's an interesting piece, right? So like in promo standards, what is a decorator? Do they is, does a decorator own your data? So a decorator can obviously use promo standards POs, right? Where the gap is with decorators, it's tough for them to really wrap their heads around the product data offering. Right, you know, well, what is the data that a, pro- that a decorator sells? Like, are they just going to take every SNS shirt, add their decoration on it with all the options and repuke it out to the industry? I don't know if that works all that well, right? Obviously, you know, HIT does that, you know, as being that all-in-one. So this, the large, you know, the SNSs is an alpha of the world who do that can, can roll that into their offerings, but it's it's... For decorators, I would say take advantage of order status or shipment notifications because that's big, right? Um, really, yeah. POs and invoices are huge because everybody hates the invoicing process of that three-way triangle. But use those pieces and don't try to tackle product data first because uh, it, it has its challenges. Now, the next challenge is how do you transact a clean PO without good product data? But uh, people are figuring it out.
2: I think inventory is a big endpoint too, right John? Because I know yep. a lot of uh, a lot of distributors are constantly wanting to know what inventory is live on the floor. Uh, yeah, I mean to give you an idea in the last 24
0: hours I've processed about 250,000 inventory requests via Promo Standards. Right? Um, so they, I mean this is me, right? There's 40 suppliers larger than me. So the these things are getting heavily used, right? Like, ASI every hour pulls my live inventory. Any promo uh, every you know 15 minutes is pulling all my live inventory. Right, that whole concept of you know calling up a supplier to get their inventory levels, um, hopefully, is, is dead. So
3: anyone who doesn't see the value in this does not has not had to process a PO with limited information on it. Honestly, I remember when I worked at Jetline, I think Eric. One day just knew you know it, I'm gonna just look at every single PO that comes through. And I think it was something up where it's like close to seventy eight percent of them had to go back to the customer because it was missing a color, or something, you know what I mean? So I think by by standardizing everything, it really kind of makes it a time saver. Like, and I think that's what people are missing. It's saving time, guys, yeah. and time is time is money. I just posted something this morning on Facebook, not promo standards related, but it kind of, like I've had this project that I've had to do since this summer. And as far as I got was today, masking someone else to help me do it. So people that are busy, they run the, their busy lives, they've got work, they've you know, families and everything. I feel like promo standards is, is just huge for that element alone. Now, John, is, I, was, I might have missed this. Sorry, I know I'm lagging a little bit. Is there a CRM built into that? Is that with all the data and everything?
0: Uh, who is this? Who, who are we and, talking
3: about? I'm, t-
0: I'm talking about you promo standards oh, oh no no so no <laughs> no there isn't like that's the thing like pro standards is not an application it's not a piece of software right it's a technology communication standard now you know all the fine folks at comascu perform a asi they've woven all this stuff into their platform so it's right there, there isn't like a website where you go in and you pull all this stuff in but there are service providers actively Weaving this into their offerings and using this real-time facilities, right? That they were the first, one of the first adapters to do this. So it's not, there's not like a, a Salesforce.com that Promo Standards runs. Uh, okay. But yeah, it's uh, you know, it, cool. it's growing.
3: I know you were talking about Sam earlier and doing a big NetSuite thing, and NetSuite CRM, so I didn't know if yeah.
0: that would. Be- so yeah, so the way you do it with that is, like, you spin up NetSuite, you give old Sam Hornstein and ExtendTech a call, and he plugs his piece in. That kind of automatically links you up the Promo Standards. So, you know, it, it, it's, a, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, it works actually. I mean, I don't, there's, I don't know, there's a significant number of people using it daily. So.
1: Hey, John, I'm curious, um, you know, you guys talked about inventory PO, consistency, color. Those are yeah. some of the benefits obviously that you could see from a distributor perspective, but what's, what's the future look like for promo standards? Do you guys have anything out there where you're, you wish you could, send more data this way or both directions or.
0: Yeah. Like, well, what are some things we haven't tackled? Um, I think that, yeah, you know, we can get better at the pricing options. Like we have a great service product pricing configuration that handles the oddities of our industry. Um, but we could really get better at the proofing process. Like somehow mm. we're, we're trying to address that now with a, our new version of our order status standard is trying to handle like when shit hits the fan on an order, you know, I, it's, doesn't do you a lot of good if I just tell you your orders on hold. But if I tell you your orders on hold and you click this link and you can resolve that hold yourself, or, you know, here's the action you need to take. That's when we can really drive change, right? It's Mm. right now I'm telling you, yeah, all right, your orders on credit hold, but I'm not providing you the link to remove it from credit hold. Like here's a a link to pay it. So we're Mm -hmm. making, we're making that trans that transition from just data to actionable data. Yes, exactly. So that's how we can really drive down transactional friction. And at the same time, it's kind of a personal desire of mine, but that whole, the industry is dying for a virtual solution, a virtual logoing solution per se. So we're trying to, you know, one of the things that we're on like way down our roadmap is trying to help map coordinates on some of those blank images to be able to know and help the auto placement of orders right so there's there's a lot of cool things that are in the hopper but we realize we have some house cleaning to do today there's some pieces in the existing standards that just need to be fixed uh right now there's a big debate on if our pricing should include decorations and included in the price or not included in the price and make it this additive nature so there's like real problems and then there's the cool problems we want to solve so it's it's trying to find a a balance between you know both of
1: those you know it's interesting you mentioned that two two two-way data because that that's one of the things that we were you know it's it's a lot of one-way information from a distributor perspective and it's great because it does help you provide better data to go out but just opening it up in both directions to like you said solve Mm -hmm. problems would yeah, like, down significantly if i
0: tell you that you didn't select a uh, decoration location on your po that's great but if i gave you a way to fix that correction yeah. and it seemed it fixed itself and then if that does it inside of your system and i don't need it now we're talking a whole new ball game so mm-hmm. you know it's it's trying to get more actionable stuff to get these orders off hold get them moving obviously we want them to come in right the first time but <laughs> um the proofing like, proofing sucks in this industry Every, everybody's got their own solution and nobody has a standardized way to do it and i'm not sure if that's the it's not an easy one to crack but there's a lot of people who see a lot of roi in solving the proofing process
2: hmm. let, me, let me ask you do you do you see any negatives to promo standards
0: Ooh, that's a question i've actually never been asked um i think there's a negative connotation that it's a large player only club to try to squeeze out the little guy um, and you know and it probably could be perceived that way if if it weren't for these crap load of service providers swooping in and actually bolstering their their offerings to the smaller players um, on a negative side, I mean, look, EPS. here's the big negative side. So EPSA did this, right? They tried to do this and they failed because they used an autom- automotive standard and trying to make promo- promotional products work that way. Um, you know, promo standards, it's the reason we set up a, a not-for-profit org because there are, seven, eight hundred companies that are relying on this as part of their order flow. So the negative is we can't let them down, right? We can't fail. We can't put a standard out there that doesn't meet the needs. So we've put in an extensive uh, uh, approval process to make sure that our standards are going through testing and meeting the needs of the entire promotional community and not just meeting the needs of three suppliers and three distributors. So you know it's we walk a fine line between you know adoption and then getting it right, right? Because the negatives can be is if we make a standard that sucks and everybody adapts it and it just doesn't work now we failed right we need to have make sure that these things actually meet the real needs of, of the day in day out order of the industry
2: so i think um the technology can make people a bit lazy so in the sense of like we talked about inventory or live inventory being a potential uh, or it is an endpoint. Uh, how do you, how do you combat that if you have solutions for inventory issues? Like you're, you're on the supplier side, I know hits on the supplier side. So how how are they addressing, um, you know, distributors taking the shortcuts of just going and looking up live inventory, as opposed to actually thinking about solutions to still get that product that they might not have enough on the floor to fulfill.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think obviously the biggest ROI of inventory and, and, you know, that aspect is, do you have it? Yes or no? Like. Now, the question is, if I don't have it, when am I going to get it and that determines when you're going to send me the order. Um, But there's other things you can do with inventory. I mean, there's like large data analytics pieces you can do with inventory. It's like maybe alert me when I have these 12 products in a program if they drop below a certain level right? It doesn't just have to be a yes, no type, you know, query it's, you know, query it and say, Hey, th- this is the, you know, this, and you know, this product is getting low. Maybe you take an actionable item to your distributor customer or to your, you know, end buyer and say, Hey, you might want to place your order soon because it's dropping below a threshold that you like to keep. Right. So it's, it's not just yes, no getting lazy, right? It has a lot of ROI for like, do you have it? Yes or no, determines on if I send you order, but there's, cool things that would work just with inventory alone, you can create a much better service offering across your supply chain.
3: That was a great question, Jeff, to get a great answer out of John, because I think what we're now seeing is that there's a lot of little key components to this entire uh, program promo standards that a lot of people just don't even under, not necessarily understand, but don't know about that alone can make the difference night and day difference of getting that inventory. Yep. So, I,
1: kn- I know we're running out of time. I, I yeah. Jeff, you're speaking question actually thought made me think of something because I know with not everybody being part of uh, promo standards from a CR from our customer service rep perspective you know they'll you know when they go to check or excuse me a sales perspective when they go and they check orders and you know like in a facility system if we're using you know we're so used to most of them having promo standards but there's some that don't right so it could. That's where we can fall into this trap of, you know, thinking that everyone in the system is part of the same promo standards, and they're not. And that can be a tricky well, thing in the CRM. My,
0: putting my supplier uh, Starline hat on is you should just do business with the. Uh, there you go. With, with people you like, <laughs> and that that make the process easy to do business with. But putting my promo standards hat on, that's where facilities and the large distributors <laughs> reach out and say, "Hey, look, you know." of our business is done with promo standard suppliers. Maybe you should be in that 80 because that 20% keeps getting smaller and smaller, right? There's, you know, the largest pushes have come from Halo, Geiger, Facilis, ASI, uh, these, you know, large perennial players driving that adoption because, you know, ultimately if it's, if I can save $5 by placing an order with SNS versus with supplier X, where am I going to send my business? Yeah.
2: Where well, you can save the money for sure, and that actually brings me to one last question from myself, and then I'll ask Meg and Stephen if they have any other questions for you before we uh sort of terminate the uh, the podcast mm-hmm. but uh, I know on your website you guys have like the the primary video there, and it talks about one of the suppliers that has recently done sort of a um a study as far as like how many how many calls come in and how much time is taken up by uh you know orders that are improperly placed they talk about I think it was 432 calls a day on average. Yeah. And obviously, that's a lot of intake, like you were talking about. Um, you know, and so you know, you extrapolate that out to the 260 working days. It's like 112,000. Uh, you know, minutes. It's a lot. Whatever it's it's a lot, so it ultimately equates to like a hundred and twelve thousand dollars or something like that 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 you can save on the return on investment with uh, adopting something that answers those questions and eliminates those calls. Uh, are there any other statistics that you'd like to put out there to p- people? You know, they take this as yep. an opportunity to sort of plug promo standards and and why people should get involved and really where that ROI is.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, so when this initially started, so obviously everyone knows that Halo is a big proponent of promo standards They're one of the founders, uh, one of the you know, key people pushing this. So Erwin Goldstein heads up their development over there. So early on with just order status and order shipment notifications alone, we did a study between our two companies and the amount of times that we exchange both phone calls and emails. And we did it before an integration and after the integration, and we dropped our number of communications back and forth between our companies 75%, meaning that there were 75% less emails and phone calls between you know a medium-sized supplier and one of the largest distributors in the industry. I mean those numbers are real. Um, like I threw out some you know adoption numbers earlier. Like there's over 150 suppliers um, pushing a thousand endpoints. You know I have 800 distributors using it. That doesn't include all the people who use you know the uh, ASI. A system every single performa um, member right all the Commerce Cube users right there is a huge reach and don't don't just think that it's the biggest trap is that you think that's just something that alpha sns and sandmar use right yes they use it they use it a lot and they're getting a ton of data but there are like i said 147 suppliers smaller than them that are also using it so it's not that hard you just yes you need to make an investment in technology and get your game together there get somebody on board or hire somebody uh, uh you know contract somebody out to do this for you but it works right this this is not um some beta project that three people are done we're six years into doing this i, I have real numbers where i'm transacting millions and millions of, of transactions a month even at starline to make make this happen so that, that's meg, my soapbox
2: meg steven
3: so uh, real quick, I have two quick questions. First one, um, John, I wanted to you to give you the opportunity to plug the podcast that you're doing with my buddy Brian oh, yeah. Porter. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So actually, uh, for the three people watching this live right now, in uh, twenty one minutes, we are doing we are doing a BP and J with all the rising stars. It's going to be a big hot mess. Right. Uh, this guy right here is over here is going to be on there. Uh, okay. We're gonna try, right? I've never tried to do a twelve person live Zoom before. But uh, we're going to see what happens. So yeah, BP&J, oh, light, lighten it up on there. It's a, a lot more entertainment and a lot less uh, educational value. But uh, it's the mm-hmm. you know most fun 20 minutes of the week.
3: Oh, good. You mean this? Until week?
1: this. Until
3: this.
0: Uh, this, yeah, this is the <laughs> longest one I've ever done. So 40, we're going 20 uh, minutes here. We're making it happen. Yeah. Well,
3: my question it's- to you is, I didn't think anyone loved garlic more than I did. <laughs> <except> for you. <laughs> I well I don't I know
0: like garlic. I have like a, I, a a German style uh, lacto fermentator so I, I normally make sauerkraut in there uh, but I thought it'd be funny to ferment garlic um it took 15 pounds of garlic and about 5 months of fermentation for it to actually like do its you know process um, Yeah. then the problem is that you have 15 pounds of peeled garlic that you have to oh. do something with so
3: that's not a problem. I know people who love garlic.
2: <laughs> what, is, what is fermented garlic? Yeah. We're going down a whole nother route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should just this is another it. podcast. We should hit the end button. <laughs> I'll use my
1: question. What is fermented garlic? There, there um, you go. Just ask.
0: <laughs>
2: it's gross. It,
0: well, it's like sauerkraut, right? That's how you make pickles. You use the like natural fermentation processes. I did that to garlic, and it was gross. So was <laughs> it really? It
3: was, gross. <laughs> it was not
0: good. It was not good. It mellowed. It didn't mellow enough it needed to mellow and i was i got tired of waiting for it to mellow so uh, do will do it it's, it's a big life mistake
3: regardless. all right i'm down with my questions you?
1: oh i use mine i'm good <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Fair> <laughs> i
1: do want know where i can what? buy some sanitizer
3: podcast.
1: <laughs> guys i've got a real quick question for you are you
2: any of you like having any ideas as to like maybe a really cool hip industry that uh hasn't really been affected in a negative way by coronavirus
0: grocery stores
2: yeah that too. I'm thinking kinds of a little <laughs> cannabis, um. cannabis. Yeah, so you know, obviously these guys over at TechWell, they've got this whole cannabis product line. It's called their new leaf line. Uh, you know, and they've recently launched their cannabis line of products that would uh and they'd like some word of mouth uh marketing to sort of help promote the line. Obviously, alcohol, cannabis, all that good stuff. Like there's some actual industries that have been positively affected by this whole mess, believe it or not. Uh, you know, so that that's obviously running strong. So go check out uh, some of TechWeld's cannabis products. Uh, you know, and they've also got uh another another sort of idea that works really well with everything that's happening in the digital age and the the whole zoom life uh you know they've got these uh these custom kits that they've pushed out as well uh you know in their whole come kit around with us initiative uh basically they've got eight different uh stock packaging uh ideas for their kits EVA bag, their PVC tent pouch, PVC tube, organza bag, pillow pouch, BTL 202 30 ounce tumbler and a retro lunchbox as well. So uh, not many players in the industry are really focusing too heavily on kits, which allows them to hone in on the market. Uh, and, and to market these products and, and avoid, uh, or I'm sorry, to expand upon the already vast uh, kit line that they have. So definitely go check them out at techwell.com. Uh, kits, cannabis line, anything else that's uh, that's popping right now uh, would be hugely advantageous for you. Uh, John, any, uh, any last comments or anything else you'd like to plug before we say goodbye?
0: No, just uh, get out there and uh... Get your tech game in order. Make sure your product data doesn't suck
2: and you'll be good to go. Very good. So Mandy Rudd says garlic. Mm. Uh, Tim Hill says get me on the list and he likes garlic as well. Javier Melendez says that uh, he would like that alert. That must've come in a couple minutes ago. Uh, so I'm not sure if you uh, know what he's talking about there, but he would like that alert to give uh, uh great, or it would be great if you had products in a company store or drop ship program. Yep. Uh, that was, I think, seven or eight minutes ago. So um, ultimately- john really appreciate you being on with us today to clear up some of the promo standards uh you know uh issues that we uh didn't necessarily address properly the first time around mm-hmm. and uh, yeah thanks for clearing it up thanks for joining us and uh really appreciate you meg steven good having you as well
0: thanks guys care, guys
3: Bye. Good. Thank you, john. good seeing you guys